an awesome tune from Lone Star with Amazed by You. Shouts going out to you, Bridget in the Shalibotri. You requested for some Lone Star. Well, there you go. And also shouts to you, Aturaki in New Jersey, locked on as always. And uh, one message here says, uh, well, Sammy, anytime I hear your sick tune, I become happy. Looking forward to another great show. That's from Hope in Automatic Rubber. Well, time to pick up your pens and notebooks and take some notes as we get into Masterclass. Ignition continues at 2.15. to you our cherished listeners is always indeed super exciting to come your way every wednesday with your favorite business development program on radio masterclass masterclass is powered by joy business and brought to us by goyle goyle they say good energy goyle yenara yedia the 28th day of october today last fourth week in this series that we've been running still in the month of october very soon christmas will be here and so will be election 2020. We continue with our conversation today. If you've been listening to Masterclass in the last couple of weeks, we have been discussing a very important topic here, which is talent management for profitability. And we've been privileged to have with us here in the studio, Richmond Frimpong. I have sort of mixed feelings today coming onto the show because we won't be seeing Richmond again here on the show, um, continuing from next month. But I'm very sure that in the future of Masterclass, in the next couple of months, perhaps Richmond will oblige us again and be spending some more time with us. Richmond, you're welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So today I'm going to talk very little so that you, you talk a lot. And we get as much from you as possible. But I think that it's been very educating. It's been very enriching. Some of the feedback I get um, points to this fact that there's a lot of information that we have shared, which is not just talk. You know, sometimes you get people to come on the show and sometimes there's a bit of talk. But this has been relevant to purpose. Should I say fit for purpose? And all the thoughts that we have shared have indeed helped our listeners. I'm hoping that when we open the phone lines today, they'll be able to call in and we'll get very interactive and share a lot of thoughts and get the last juice out of you if that's possible. If you just tuned in, this is Masterclass on your Superstation Joy 99.7. Keep your dial right here as we continue with today's conversation. Today we'll be looking at the final aspect of our conversation, which is the execution gap. The execution gap. Richmond, if you will, just do a quick recap of what we did last week or what we've done in the last four, three weeks and what we'll be doing today and let's sort of bring the conversation to a close if you like. Right. So, good afternoon, and um, we'll do our best today to make sure we capture almost everything that is outstanding on this topic. So, for the past four weeks, we've been looking at managing talent for profitability. 
or talent management for profitability. And our focus has been on how you connect strategy, people, and process ultimately to make you profitable. But largely, we have been looking at the people side, the people strategy side, in terms of how you let your talents work to change your bottom line, particularly in these times. So when we began with week one, we looked at an overview and we put that in context, particularly with the global pandemic and how it has affected the economics of the world. And then we zeroed in into sub-Saharan Africa and we looked at how the coronavirus situation has affected work and business and how it is even linked up to why you must take the subject of talent management and profitability a little bit more serious than um, you might have. Then from the overview, the subsequent week, we looked at what we call the key components of talent management. So we looked at the entire value chain of talent from hiring, attracting, all the way through interviewing, developing, getting the right set of people, and then putting them into a contract performance management system, giving them the right tools, the right skill set, the right working environment, the culture, the systems, and things like that, to the point where now they deliver the exact goals or the exact deliverables that has been signed. And then we looked last week, we looked at what exactly... um, are the most important strategies that are right in the application of your talent. So we looked at applying the right strategies and we shared a number of thoughts last week. So far, let me say that the feedback has been great and a number of um, businesses have um, asked that we walk them through practically to get them to um, make this a reality going particularly into 2021. And so if you're a business listening, today's version where we are looking at the execution gap even even makes more um, important reason that you take it a little bit more serious. Why? Because this is the time all businesses are looking at strategy and how they fine-tune, review the year 2020 outcomes against deliverables and then based on that they can take their teams into a strategy session Whereas by the end of November, every strategy should be fine-tuned, submitted to the board for approval. By first week, December, we know the numbers you are going to be looking at for 2021. We know how everybody is contributing to same. And then we even begin 2021 in the last month of 2020. If you don't get this done and you now begin to think about strategy, goals, and objectives in the first month of 2021, you'll be late already. And you will not be able to manage the ties and things like that. So... How do you close the execution gap? Richmond, Listening, Richmond, just before you go to the execution gap, you right. talked about strategy. Maybe just chip in briefly for our listeners and our business owners also, the link between strategy and budget. Because a lot of them are doing their budgets now, but they're not thinking strategy now. They're right. thinking strategy in January. And the, why it's important that budget must feed into strategy. <laughs> so when we say strategy, strategy is the 360 degree outlook of what the organization wants to become. And so it has the people component, it has a process component, and then it has the budget component. And so I have said time and again that the key components of talent management and profitability, one of the critical ones, is how you link strategy and budget. And if you look at the two constructs we shared from day one, there is a strategy part and then there's a talent part for profitability. And so don't just look at budget, don't just look at targets, that this is what we want to achieve. It is actually of no use when it doesn't sit 
at the center of strategy because strategy is about what you are going to do to achieve what you want and if that is not captured if that is not clarified and it's one of the reasons why there's an execution gap and i'll explain it when we get in there so if you just concentrate on budget and you throw it at people and you don't even immerse the hands the minds the brains the hearts into the strategy behind the numbers you'll be amazed it will just be numbers that will have to probably be revised as the realities hit you when you get into the execution mode and so when that situation happens when you are just looking at budgets or targets and it has virtually nothing to do with strategy there will be an execution gap i can promise you that and then you notice that you might have set targets and you might have signed contracts with your people but then there is a gap between what you want to achieve and the real performance on the ground and on the bottom line so it's one of the reasons why there will be um, a definite execution gap going into the bottom lines of your business so today let's probably correct that if you have if you have not done that and you are just putting together numbers and it has nothing to do with strategy it is one of the qualifications or one of the critical down down points that will make you not execute so to really appreciate how you close the execution gap first let me explain what the execution gap is the execution gap is simply the difference between the the specified outcomes of profitability or any deliverables organization sets and the inability to bring it into closure so just as an example, maybe that shop, you, you wanted to um, sell maybe two cartons of, say, a particular product. And you have benchmarked the commission and the benefits to the people who are going to be selling that from the shop to the numbers they sell. Now, it is based on that that we have made revenue projections. And it's out of the revenue projection that you have taken out your cost element and even projected for profit after tax and all that and those ones are probably even determine how you are going to be expanding the business how you are going to be putting in a number of investment because you set this in stone when that kind of plan doesn't materialize and other things that were never thought of maybe like um, emergencies maybe like market disruptions like what has happened this year maybe like um, um, environmental or political difficulties or any of the things that border on the threat and the weakness part of SWOT in your SWOT analysis, you notice that you might have done so much and gone ahead of you in terms of what you want to achieve. But then day in, day out, you don't see the things you said you wanted to achieve. And there seems to be a very vast difference between your anticipation in terms of what you want to achieve and what your team or your talent are bringing to bear every day. That is the execution gap. That after all is said and done, you don't see the reality of what you want them to do and the bottom line of their daily routine. That is the execution gap. And to close that execution gap, if you are watching us on Facebook, you will know that I start this session with the profitability construct once again. And the profitability construct is simply just giving us a narrative. You will notice that it begins with the employer and ends with profitability. Now, the distance between the employer and profitability is when the execution gap is closed. And all the things in there at the center of this diagram is what makes the execution possible. Because execution is getting things done when they are supposed to be done, by what time, and all that. So, if you don't concentrate on the things that make up 
the execution, then you are going to have a lot of problems because you might have spent on many things. So this construct simply brings down the execution gap and its realization into three main things that I want you to know. Number one is people. Number two is strategy. And number three is process. So when you look at the profitability construct, everything in there is saying that to close your execution gap, take a look at your people, connect them to process. Process means operations. And then connect the operations to um, strategy. So then the strategy will now be able to tell and review what exactly must be done to achieve that. So for you to do these three things and harness them remember we've shared with you how you manage the people side remember we've also shared with you how you manage operations and we said that you cannot become um, successful at execution when operations or process is very distinct or separated entirely from what people do you must let whatever the people do and become as in talent be linked up to their operations and the operations here will mean daily routine that shows up in the customers um, delivery or what the customer ends at the end of the day. Now, when these three things have been understood and set in stone, I go to my next slide and I show you a template that talks about what the execution gap looks like. And on that template, you see that most of the time, most of the time, you will see that there will be an average 37% loss in terms of actual execution. And so maybe you wanted to achieve, say, 10. You're likely to probably achieve 6 in all levels. Now, how do you avoid this? You avoid this when, on the people side, you clearly di- di- dis- distinguish between cost centers and revenue centers. So for you, the organization, there are departments in the organization that are basically not revenue-driven per se, directly. So maybe the research department, maybe even um, um, the accounts department or maybe the um, front desk possibly and then you have the revenue centers that are directly sales driven so maybe the sales people the customer relationship management people and things like that when you do this the extension then you try and leverage or align the costs for the talent that are in the cost centers and the talents that are in the revenue centers. And you do your alignment side that the cost centers do not bring cost implication that outweigh the revenues of those that bring revenue. So the people in administration, they are great, but they don't have direct revenues that come out of their work. But then they make operation work. And so you must make sure that the cost of the administration team does not overpower and write out out the revenue that the, the people who are driving direct revenue are bringing in. When you do that, then you have an execution gap because in this table, you will see that the things that bring about lack of performance for execution, one of those critical things is inadequate resources. Inadequate resources causes a lot of execution gaps because then you don't just say, I want to achieve this budget. Anytime you say, I want to achieve this budget or target, there is always a cost component that must drive the realization of that target. And for you not to create a gap where you have set a target but you can't deliver, then you have to deal with what will bring an execution gap. And critical is inadequate or unavailable resources. And so if you cannot give the team that will drive revenue with the exact cost of delivering on that revenue, then you are not going to deliver because then he cannot go out there 
if there is no provision of resource to deliver. That is why you have to distinguish between the cost centers and the revenue centers. And you just do your best to make sure that the cost center, which only produces cost and facilitates the operation side of driving business and execution, does not bring costs that outweigh the revenue centers so that you don't fall into the trap of the 7.5 indication of inadequate resources or resources that are not available. The next thing that you must also tackle to close execution for your talent and their deliverables is communicating strategy well. Now, for many organizations, strategy only sits in the minds and on papers that are captured in the executive's office. And so it is only the maybe the chief marketing officer, the executive directors, the heads of departments who appreciate to an extent the strategy, say, going into 2021. Because probably they've gone into a strategy session, sometimes with consultants, sometimes with head of strategy and things like that. And the knowledge and the understanding and the execution of how they are going to achieve the budget sits only with them. And it is not communicated the same way they appreciate it to everybody in the organization. When that happens, you'll be amazed that because the people do not appreciate strategy the way the top appreciate it, then there will be no involvement and there will be no commitment because there is a disruption in terms of how strategy is appreciated. So that from the word go, everybody appreciates why the organization is going the direction it is going. And everybody can contribute their effort and their part to make it work. So from now, make sure that in addition to certain strategy, it is communicated clearly and everybody sees the strategy the same way the leadership sees strategy. If you don't do that, you'll be amazed that you are at the top and you are, you are supposedly the convener, you are supposedly the, the custodian of strategy. But the people who have their hands on down on the ground and boots on the ground to deliver strategy may be doing something else. That is entirely opposite what you want to achieve. And when that happens, you notice that for poor communication of strategy, you will not get things executed the way they should be. The next important one is actions that are required to execute actions that are required to execute. You know, if you want to close your execution gap in your organization, it is not just about um, um, budgets, or it is not just about anticipations, or it's not just about expectations. It's about what must be done. And usually, we leave what must be done undefined. Mm. And we assume that because the person has a job description, because the person has a target to perform, because the person knows that if he doesn't perform, he can probably refer into a performance improvement program, and if he fails that also, he may be shown the way out. We usually don't define what is expected in terms of action. So we agree that this department and that department, this is your contribution to strategy in executing what we want to achieve. Every team leader must clearly communicate that strategy, one. And number two, must define as much as possible what must be done on a daily basis to achieving that strategy. If you just leave it as it is, sometimes maybe in the name of I don't want to micromanage. Micromanaging is when you have defined the action point and almost every now and then you are still telling them what to do. But we are talking about defining clearly what success looks like and telling them what must be done when you have discussed together. So you don't also just come and say, this is what we are going to do. 
sometimes you even have the way out to tell the team what they are going to do but you think for them with them if you think for them with them they own the action points and they deliver it as if it's their own so you must shepherd the strategy and the action point defined together with the team and that is why it's important that particularly in times like these companies must go into their strategy sessions together with everybody sometimes in teams so that strategy is broken down and deliberate action points are defined clearly for everybody to appreciate so actions that are required to execute on delivery must be clearly defined. If they don't, you'll be hot in terms of execution. Then the next important thing is accountability for execution. Having defined the actions, everybody in the organization must see what they are accountable for and how it traces up from what they do to the bottom line in terms of strategy. And this is important. So in your people war room, you should be able to pick every team and in every team, you should be able to break down everybody's deliverable in terms of what exactly it is they are accountable for and trace it to what they are doing together with strategy. And so when everybody meets as a team, they can tell for every single individual their accountability. It's clearly defined. Everybody knows what is it they are supposed to do. They don't always have to wait for you to tell them what they should do. If that is also clearly defined, then even when you are not present, execution continues. If you don't do this, you would always have to be present before things are done the way they should be done. But that is not leadership. For you to lead well, it must be so clearly defined in terms of actionables and accountability side that even when circumstances and difficulties and emergencies take you away from the team, business execution still runs mm. and you don't need to be there. If this doesn't happen, you notice that anytime there's a small change in leadership, everything comes to ground. So, and the team will be waiting for another leader to come and then bring up reason, to come and bring up energy to fight because they don't know what to do next. They lived each day by your instruction. When that happens, there'll be execution gap. The next thing is organizational silos and culture blocking execution. I have, I, have, I have had problems with this in many organizations I've consulted for. That you get into the organization and the accounts department is a silo. The client service department is a silo. The research unit is a silo. And they all see themselves as different people working for different goals, having different bosses. And so they don't see the connection between, say, the front desk or the client service team and the accounts or the finance team. When that happens, it is a culture that chaos execution because when you're when for example your check that must be delivered to the client his accounts department they don't put the same agency that the client you are dealing with at the front desk sees and so when it gets to the accounts department they are it's in their world and they have no feeling they have no essence of what it means to deliver on the timeline you expect it to have it will just be there and sometimes when you even follow up on them, they think you are becoming a bother because there is a disconnect between what you are doing and what you are doing. And it's as if you are different companies, particularly when the organization have different executive directors and they don't report on the one boss. Because <laughs> the other guy knows that he reports already to a different boss and the other department also reports to a different boss. If he doesn't deliver on his goal, he thinks, I mean, there's no way his boss is going to punish him because it is your boss you are reporting to and your boss's instruction is not my instruction. When that happens, execution breaks down. And so people just do work inside. Sometimes you even hear comments like, I don't report to you. You see? 
It shows up. <laughs> and when that happens, nothing gets done. But this will be because strategy was not communicated in such a way that every department is working towards one common goal. So when the guy who does sales comes and brings an account, the customer service person knows that I need to set up the account in this number of times, turn around time, so I can deliver to the customer service person. When the customer service person is done and there's a deposit, the account department know that in this turn around time, I need to make sure the deposit is showing on the customer's account. So there is like a tele party across all units and there's nothing like silos when that happens execution is seamless if that doesn't happen you will see that there will be organizational silos and there will be culture blocking execution so sometimes another department success looks like a disadvantage to another and so why should they help you people because when bonus comes you are the only people who are going to get bonus meanwhile you don't bring revenue you only do administration but when bonus comes you earn more than me and so that even makes things worse and it kills execution the next thing is inadequate performance monitoring. Performance monitoring is one critical anchor that can help a company or an organization or a small business deliver and close on the execution gap. Why? Because many times we see performance management or performance monitoring as um, time specific time schedule. And so maybe we do performance management once a month or once a quarter or half yearly or end of year. No. If you want to close execution gap, performance management is a daily routine. And so when you tag deliverables to the outcomes in strategy, you should be able to tell every day's job and how it takes us closer to the ultimate goal. If you can't do that and monitor daily. And you, the supervisor, the only time you go and check on results is end of week when people are now submitting their results. You are, you are supervising failure, which would have become fact. Because if you are waiting for end of year to check results before you notice that this department didn't deliver on their goals, it is fact. Mm-hmm. It has already happened. You can't change it after that time. Mm-hmm. So your monitoring should be daily on time so that even if there is a mix-up somewhere, you are able to correct it before the event happens in a report you receive and you now go and correct it. Real time. Real, Real time. time monitoring. Real time. So that when you do that, <laughs> you, 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 you are monitoring in such a way that by the time you end a certain period, you would have corrected whatever would have caused an execution gap. You don't wait. And that is what we say inadequate performance monitoring can hurt execution. Then inadequate consequences or rewards for failure or success. Inadequate consequences for failure or success. So, again, when I achieve my goals as a member of the team, or when the entire unit achieve their goals, what does it mean in terms of rewards? It must be clearly spelled out and it must be done. Sometimes, even when the organization together is unable to meet their budget goals and one unit is able to deliver on this, it's important to show the reward or the consequence of delivering so that other people get to know that this is what it means when we deliver and this is what it means when we don't deliver. Both sides. Again, if people don't deliver, spell out in strategy that if you don't deliver, this is what you do. This is what you go through. And it is not people sensitive. It is not title sensitive. It is not. It, it doesn't depend on anything. It's a process and everybody goes through that process. So everybody's encouraged when they look at achieving and not achieving what it brings. Then everybody looks at it and they're able to deliver. That also helps you in execution and it doesn't bring any gap in terms of what you are able to do. So be careful to show clearly what it means for success or failure. The next thing is poor senior leadership. Leadership, again, is not just position. 
And so I'll share with you that leadership is not just title. And so drive your leadership well so that you don't break on execution. The next one is um, unapproved strategy and then what I call other obstacles. So if you can take a careful look at all these and you can keep your strategy simple, and you can keep your goals clear and you can debate on for, on assumptions and not forecast and you can work your work through i think you'll be much successful and you can close the execution gap thank you right these are very wonderful thoughts i'm sure that we were about to get interactive um very shortly but unfortunately we have to hold on to this program because we're going to be crossing over to parliament for the budget and so we will find time to come back to you again with the continuation of this program, but thank you so much for tuning in. We have to cross over to Parliament now. The COVID-19 crisis far better than most countries in the world. Indeed, our efforts have been adjudged as among the best three in the world. Mr. Speaker, the robustness of our macroeconomic fundamentals and the efficacy of government's covid my mitigation measures have been borne out by recent indicators. According to the Bank of Ghana's survey in August 2020, consumer confidence is bouncing back strongly and is currently above pre-COVID-19 long levels. Business confidence has also increased, although below pre-lockdown levels. About 95% of the survey showed strong optimism, reflecting the improving macroeconomic conditions, stability in the exchange rate, lower input prices in lending rates and positive industry prospects. Accordingly, the projected growth rate 2020 reported in July has been revised from 0.9% to 1.9% to reflect these dynamics. As the Bank of Ghana stated, the green shoot of rebound in economic activity are clearly with us. We must be thankful to God and these and for these encouraging developments. in these challenging times internationally acknowledged and has added to our reputation as a black star of Africa. Mr. Speaker, our efforts to protect lives and preserve lives coupled with the impact of the pandemic on revenues and expenditures resulted in fiscal deficit of 11.4% of GDP. Already indicated in the presentation to the Southwest House in July, we have a well thought out Ghana cares about our plan and strategy to return this economy to a more sustainable fiscal path in the medium term. Mr. Speaker, the 2020 fiscal framework, which increased the fiscal deficit from 4.7% of GDP to 4% in the 2020 mid-year review. The fiscal operations of the economy for the January to September 2020 period show that on provisional basis, both revenues and expenditures indicate their respective targets, resulting in the fiscal deficit of 9 of GDP against a program deficit of 8.9% of GDP. Now specifically, total revenues and grant period, which total 36.7 billion Ghana CDs, exceeded the target of 35.7 billion Ghana CDs by 972.7 million. Ghana cities, or 2.7%. 
Total expenditures, including arrears, cleared at hand, amounted to 71.3 billion against a target of 70 billion Ghana cities, showing a deviation of 1.3 billion Ghana cities, or 1.8% from target. The overall fiscal deficit resulting from the revenues and expenditure performance for the period through September 2020 is Ghana 34.6 billion CDs, or 9% of GDP, against a target of 34.3 billion Ghana CDs, or 8.9% of GDP. The corresponding primary balance was a deficit of 15.7 billion Ghana CDs, or 4.1% of GDP, against a target of 15.4 billion. implementation of the transformation and revitalization phase of the Ghana Cares of Batampa program. In addition, we have also scaled down the projected 2021 fiscal deficit. that we will recover, we will revitalize, and we will transform the economy. We shall pivot off of the AFCFTA headquarters in Accra for Ghana to become a dynamic regional hub. We have planted the seeds for a fast-paced and more inclusive recovery, recognizing that the role of capital and credit, we are certain that the cleaned up and revitalized financial sector will support our recovery efforts and sustained growth. Mr. Speaker, let me give you a glimpse of our new strengthened financial ecosystem, which will facilitate credit and investment to the private sector. We have established the Ghana incentive-based risk-sharing system for agricultural lending, GESO, to facilitate lending to the agriculture sector. The Ghana Amalgamated Trusts, GATT, to support indigenous participation in the banking sector. The Ghana Commodity Exchange, to modernize agriculture transactions and provide security for our farmers. The Ghana Deposit Scheme to protect depositors' funds. The National Housing and Mortgage Finance Scheme to provide mortgages for our working class and middle class citizens. The 2 billion CD Credit Guarantee Scheme to support large businesses and the CAPBA Scheme run by MBSSI to support micro and small and medium enterprises amongst others in order to sustain and complement these reforms. Mr. Speaker, we have also established a new National Development Bank, which already has commitments of over 500 million US dollars as a wholesale bank to further support these financial institutions. Mr. Speaker, we will see significant investment in infrastructure, especially affordable housing. These interventions will create more jobs and enhance artisanal skills. A few days ago, my colleague Honorable Atache and I joined His Excellency President Akufuado to commission 204 new houses at Tema Community 2. These houses were largely constructed and supervised by local contractors and consultants under the National Mortgage and Housing Fund scheme. This project was completed 
in nine months amidst COVID-19 pandemic and created over 1,500 jobs. We will replicate this housing model across the country and alongside Agenda 111 District Hospitals Program. Mr. Speaker, we expect that our digitalization program in the public sector will improve efficiency and enhance delivery of service. Government introduced a digital addressing system and the national ID program to ensure that all Ghanaians and their dwellings as well as business locations are uniquely identified. All these efforts have been made to formalize the economy and improve our global competitiveness. Mr. Speaker, as I indicated earlier in March 2017, I stood here and asked this August House to support this administration turn around the economy with the paucity of resources that we inherited as in the story of the five fish five loaves and two fishes. Mr. Speaker, I'm in awe of what God has done in the last four years. Not only have we accomplished the miraculous economic turnaround, we have also gathered our 12 baskets left over to begin the implementation of our Ghana 100 billion Ghana Cares Obatampa program. Let me assure you, Mr. Speaker, that he who began the good work of us will carry it on to completion. Ghana is at a breakthrough moment. Our bioperazin is upon us. But Mr. Speaker, we must as a nation be prepared to work hard, to burden share, and to sacrifice for the national good, and to desist from difficult negotiations at such times of a global pandemic. I am confident that the Lord will repay us for the years the locust has eaten and pour us his spirit on all of us. Mr. Speaker, I want to reassure the House that despite the setbacks from the pandemic, we are on track to recover. We have made adequate budgetary provision to ensure that the elections are conducted in a safe and secure environment. Government has also instituted various security measures to ensure we have peaceful elections and effectively contain all threats. Mr. Speaker, for the purposes of a 2021 expenditure in advance of appropriation, we projected the 2021 first quarter total revenue and grants of 13.3 billion, while total expenditures, including the clearance of arrears, is projected at 24 billion. The results in the projected fiscal deficit of 10.7 billion for the period. Mr. Speaker, to support the 2021 budget and liability management, we plan to source funding from the international capital markets. This will comprise the issuance of sovereign bonds of US $3 billion with the option to increase it to $5 billion should market conditions prove favorable. Out of the amount to be raised, $1.5 billion will be used to support the 2021 budget and $3.5 billion for liability management. Mr. Speaker, we will require an amount of $27.4 billion to carry on the services of government until the expiration of three months from the beginning of the 2021 financial year the total amount is to cover government operations, such as compensation of employees, as gratia awards, interest and amortization, transfer to statutory funds, critical programs and goods and services, and CAPEX allocations of MDAs. Mr. Speaker, the programs include work on the Agenda 111 District and Regional Hospitals, which commence in 2020 to ensure health facilities are available in all deprived places. Currently,
facilitate the reopening of schools in the early part of 2021. If we continue to keep the spread of new infections of the COVID-19 virus at its current low levels. In furtherance of government's TVET agenda, next year we'll witness the start of the jobs and skills project to support apprenticeships and companies. sectors. Mr. Speaker, the details of the expenditure as follows. Compensation of employees, 7.7 .7 billion Ghana cities. Use of goods and services, 1.6 billion Ghana cities. Interest payments, 7 billion Ghana cities. Subsidies, 259 million Ghana cities. Grants to other government units, 4.3 billion Ghana cities. Social benefits, 41 million Ghana cities. Other expenditure, 813 million Ghana cities. CapEx, 1.9 billion Ghana cities, making a total expenditure of 23.665 billion Ghana cities. Arrears clearance of 350 million Ghana cities. Amortization of 3.42 billion Ghana cities. Total appropriation, Mr. Speaker, 27 billion 434 million 180,520 Ghana cities. Mr. Speaker, this expenditure in advance of appropriation form part of the projected revenue expenditure estimates and financing for 2021 attached as Appendix 1A to 1C. The breakdown of allocations to MDAs for January to March 2021 are also attached as Appendix 2A to 2D. Mr. Speaker, the Controller and Accountant General will ensure that all ministries, departments, and agencies operate strictly within the levels set in the expenditure in advance of appropriation to be approved by this August House. Mr. Speaker, the Minister of Finance will submit a more detailed 2021 budget statement and economic policy of government to this August House by March 2021. Mr. Speaker, we are confident that because of God's guidance and support, the President's leadership and our performance, Ghanaians will return the MPP government to power for four more years for Nana to do even more and also to continue with our economic revitalization and transformation program to improve the quality of livelihood for our citizens who are, in the end, the people who matter. Every decision or program that we have is to ensure that our people who matter benefit from this. We should recap the dividends from this transparent government in a democratic governance that the MPP has been able to implement. Mr. Speaker, specifically, we will continue to implement